He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 103 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. As always, I'm James Richardson and I'm joined by Barry. Hey, Barry. Hello, everyone. And uh, if anybody would like to get in contact with the show, we'd love to hear from you through our Twitter handle is at podcastgts, at podcastgts, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, starting where I suppose we always start, which is our own games. And uh, I think it's pretty quick for me to say to the listeners that uh, I haven't really done an awful lot on the golf course for the last seven days. I've spent most of it due to poor weather on Saturday. I pulled off the timesheet late on Friday night, but I decided that I would spend most of the week in the practice range and uh, working with Mark O'Manley up in Carton House to try and See a few last little tweaks, hopefully, for the, 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 the summer period. You had a big tweak to make. We did have a big tweak to make. Swing path got a little bit well, double-digity. Yeah. Well, no, uh, it, was, it was up at kind of the eights and nines. But the funny thing was that I had Mark O'Manley scratching his head at one stage because we were on track, man, and, uh, you know, I was hitting pretty good shots. And, you know, up in Carton House um, in the GUI centre, you know, they've got a really good layout because they've got different greens with flags at different... So you're actually aiming at a target. It's, a, it's a properly sorted range that like you see on a tour course of the lads yeah. in the range hitting towards proper targets. And, and, and it's, not just, uh, it's not just that it's flags of proper targets, it's, it's greens as well. Mm. So they, for instance, there's a flag at about 164 out, I think it is, and just be fr- in front of it there's a bunker. That you know, so you're you know, if you're going to go for it, you got to get it over. So it's it's it makes you think. So it's a great setup. But um, I was hitting the shots and and we were watching them and they were going one one sixty five, one seventy, six hundred, really nice. You know, work. But it wasn't what was coming up on track, man. If that makes sense, you know, the numbers for the most part were okay. Swing speed, everything was fine. But club to path was like negative eight, negative nine. So it was cutty shots, mm. um, and it took Mark not not a huge length of time, but he was like, from what I'm seeing and what I'm looking at your swing, that shouldn't be. I shouldn't be seeing negative eight, negative nine. You know? So it was like the visual versus the actual data about the shot was yeah. conflicting in his head for a little bit. So so we worked it out, and and you know we got we we did a lot of work. Now it was about two hours, and uh, you know we've we've done a lot of work, and we're trying to get hands parallel a bit differently and just coming back instead of going over the top that kind of fishing throw kind of coming back yeah casting so coming back in in, in, on the inside but uh by the end of it we were back to kind of negative between negative two and plus one so you know we got it right back to kind of you know exactly where we wanted to be obviously a decent club path yeah yeah well just uh, to put it in perspective most professionals will be looking at somewhere between negative one and plus one Mm amateurs normally would be kind of negative four maximum negative six that kind of figure yeah but with the way that my game has evolved over the last year 
we don't want negative four or negative five. We want kind of negative two, negative one. And then, and obviously the ideal is zero. That's absolutely perfect. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very hard to get. But it, it's been a, a lot of work and it's, it's going to be probably in the back of my head for the next while, which wasn't ideal when the season just opened. But in fairness, we've always been working towards the very last aspect of it, which is this, which is for the consistency. Mm. So we'll uh, we'll keep going with it, and uh, hopefully, Mark is just trying to get me to to make sure that when I get to the golf course, I just enjoy playing and don't think about swing path and all the rest. And so it's an automatic yeah, process, yeah, and, and just to worry about it during the week when I'm on the range mm. rather than when I'm on the course. And if I hit a cutty shot, doesn't matter. We just we work on it the following week. Revert to setup, execute again. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Barry, you you also uh, you were the 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 conductor of us all leaving the line on Friday because of the weather. Um, but you did get out on Monday, and uh, you started early in your singles match play in the club. I did. Yeah, we. Um, not everybody could get into the first round or second round as such. So they had to have, kind of have a preliminary slash first round uh, I was drawn into that thanks to the random draw I'm going to call it random draw I always seem to be in the preliminaries every year so I must not be paying the right people off in the club I think I'm in the preliminaries too so yeah. uh, um, I think we're both on that maybe we're not paying enough anyway uh, so it was a good op- I thought it was a good opportunity to get the match done now because our course is current Glen of the Downs is undergoing hollow coring today so I think the Deadline for the, the end of the, this round was you had to be played by the end of April. But the Greens can sometimes take three, four weeks to come back fully. So I said, this would be a good time to actually play the match. Play it under good conditions where, you know, the match might not be sw- swayed or decided on a crazy, weird thing happening on the green. So it suited us both to play the game. And out we went. I was playing a junior in the club. playing off. He was playing off seven, so he was giving me three shots, which I was quite happy to take. Uh, cracking, cracking little golfer. Jeez, he hits a ball a long way. For he was fourteen years old, he hits a ball a long way. He's going to be really good when he's older. Um, the different, the, I ended up winning the match uh, six and four, which was a lot easier than the game. Like the, our games and long games and everything were pretty closely matched. The difference was on the greens. I made all, my, I made all my putts. I didn't miss a putt from inside six foot, and he missed a good few from inside six foot, and that's where the the holes swung. And there was holes that he should have won. You know, he just needed a two putt from maybe 20, 25 foot, and he left himself a three or four footer, and he didn't make it. And then that kind of causes a momentum swing as well. You know, he gets a bit pissed off because he's missed a putt. And, uh, that, you know, it helps me a lot because I think I've already written off the hole as a loss. So that's that's the difference, you know. And so often, especially, and we've kind of paralleled with what happened on TV, watching the, ma- the match play, you know, putting is just so important at the end of the day in match play. To make those putts and or your opponent misses and it, it's a big swing. And that was definitely the theme which we'll, we'll discuss in a few minutes around the WGC with the, the Dell match play. You know, putting is key when it comes to match play mm-hmm. and, you know, holding those six six footers which, which are well outside the gimme range. Mm-hmm. But if you're holding them, you know, it does make a momentum switch. It does put the guys under pressure, especially if they're on the inside of you and they're kind of thinking well he's not going to make this mm-hmm. you know now I know you've always said and, and, and I think it was you know fa- famous match player match play players in the past have always said you just assume the guy's going to make it that you're going to have to make it but it doesn't matter I think anybody out there who's listening who's yeah. played match play knows that the 
if somebody just drains a six footer or a seven footer or an eight footer, you know, that hole, even if you're three foot away or two foot away, starts narrowing a little bit, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's a little more jittery, especially even if it's only, you know, you could be three holes in, it could be three, hole three, four or five, it, it doesn't matter because uh-huh. everything is, I don't want to go one behind, I don't want to now go two behind, I don't want to go three behind. So it does make it a lot more, um, yeah, difficult. I have not organised my first match play, I uh, but that. I will get there at some point. He, he did that to me on the, just quickly on the ninth. He did that exact thing. He was short of the green. I hit a, probably my best shot of the day, which is a wedge into about five foot. I hit it, just a really good shot to the spot where I was aiming and all, all the rest. So I'm thinking I'm definitely going to have a putt for a win here. You know, he's short of the green. I'm thinking he's definitely he's absolutely going to take a putter here because he's just got fairway to run over, you know, maybe ten foot of fairway and the pins on the front of the green and another eight ten foot to the pins. So he's twenty foot away. I'm thinking he takes a putter all day every day. No, no, junior, no problem. Takes the wedge out, chips it, lands on the green, takes a hop, checks a little, releases and goes into the hole. So I now have a five footer to half for my birdie, which I rolled in, but it was a big kind of like oh you and. It was annoying, but at the same time, before I took my putt, I said, well, you should have expected him to make it, so you're actually, I wasn't completely surprised, I wasn't totally raging, and I got my head together and made the putt, so, you know, that was a good confidence booster for me. But if you, when you watch young guys, particularly that age group, 14, Mm -hmm. 15, their short game is impeccable, because when they get left up to the golf club in the morning by their parents and they play their round of golf, they decide to go have a bite to eat, and they'll go and chip for two hours. Yeah. And they get so good at it. You mm-hmm. know, their short game is impeccable. And it's it's not a surprise to hear you say, now, you hadn't told me that off air, so mm-hmm. that's the first time. Whenever I see young guys play, it's constantly the short game, because they're just on the practice, even on the, you know, and where guys are that seven, six, seven handicappers, they're out there back garden. You know, it's a bit like, you know, kind of, guys in Kilkenny a county in Ireland who, who get born with a hurley in their hand they just are so natural at it but um, look the be- best of luck in the next round we are on different side of the draws so six six uh, six rounds each and we'll meet each other in the final this this could be like a make the podcast or break the podcast depending I, on I think if I think if we were in the final against each other yeah. we'd probably just have to be mic'd up for it and just put out the best bits for, for the listeners well let's let's play towards that goal I like that idea so uh, as as I said at the start of the programme and as I say every week we, we love to hear from people uh, through Twitter at, at podcast GTS and uh, Barry you had some Twitter and email feedback and interaction over the course of the week and you just want to highlight a couple of them. Yeah, Mark Sheehan, we hate you. He sent us a photo from Killarney Golf Club today and it looks absolutely stunning. So uh, we have to, that has to go on our golfing bucket list, James. It's a long old drive from here. I tweeted Killarney and asked him to send the chopper. I haven't heard a response yet. So uh, fingers crossed, you never know what could happen. Well, there's plenty of weekend, you know, nice yeah. places to play for a weekend down there. So it's worth the trip. Yeah, they should send us a chopper, though. Uh, Dave Meadows and David Seccom have been on about getting a fantasy or kind of a fantasy golf game going. So what I've done is I went onto the European Tour website and set up a, a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast Fantasy League. I might do set up another one on another website as well. Uh, if I do, we'll tweet it out. The code to join is already on our Twitter feed, so click away, join, and we'll let you into the league. And we'll see, can we sort out a prize through somebody throughout the year? It'll run right to the end of the season, so we've got time to figure it out. We'll see, can we hook something up? And Anthony Ugoni, um, your 
Ben from Australia, who has oh, yeah. trouble with his strokes versus his Stableford, played in a competition on Saturday, shot 23 points for 18 holes, I assume, and then had, actually, 35 points for 15 holes, playing casual golf with his friends, um, so he blames us, of course. Uh, we accept full responsibility, Anthony, but, you know, get, I, all I can say is get your shit together. <laughs> Go out there and shoot a good number. Pretend like you're playing with your friends and you're playing the competition. Well, that's or, it. Play relaxed. And, yeah. Uh, um, the scores will come. We don't advocate drinking, but James has played some of his best golf when still hungover slash a little bit drunk. Mainly because it means that I don't have to listen to you, Barry. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> so looking at the news, and I suppose just to I suppose mark everyone's cards, we will be doing our uh, now annual preview show with Steve Bamford at... Uh, golf betting systems and you can find him and follow him on twitter at, at bamford golf that will be next week we're going to do a very in-depth look at the the first major of the year and i think i think most certainly our favorite uh major of the year until the next major well, and then that's un- until the next obviously until table. the open championship comes up and then the u.s open and yeah, yeah the u.s open and then the open championship but yeah. we're, we're nine days to go and i suppose just highlighting a couple of very brief stories that are breaking tonight um, tiger Woods' status for the the masters remains unknown that he hasn't ruled himself out or in at the moment he doesn't and um, he is just saying that no further update is being given at the moment but He'll only need to literally arrive on the day if he's going to do it. So he does ta- not, Tiger he does Watch, uh, Tiger Watch goes on. I have no doubt there'll be a camera looking at his car space for the week of the Masters. Uh, I pity the poor reporter that has to stand by that car parking space all week long. He's not going to play in this tournament. There's no way he comes uh, yeah. back to the Masters. If it's a movie, yes, he does. And Hollywood or Disney are doing the movie. Yeah, of course, he makes a comeback at the Masters and he wins. He does not come back. Well, on the basis of uh, of uh, there being down with Arna Palmer not teeing off next week, uh, they could just ask Tiger to go and do the honorary tee off with the rest of the boys. And um, I suppose the other kind of breaking news again today is that Rory has decided that he's going to skip the par three contest to focus solely on the Masters. And I suppose to put this in context. Um, he says that it's a bit of a distraction in the year I had my best chance at Augusta in 2011. I didn't play the par 3 contest. So maybe the decision not to play it this year could work in my favour. I suppose it's, it's, it's easy to say it. Um, you know, Looking over the last number of years, he hasn't played as well as he did in 2011. He had Niall Horan. He's got guys, Car- Caroline Wozniacki was on the bag at one stage. There is a lot, even though it is cajovial, you know, he may just feel that perhaps being on the putting green or, or down in the range hitting a few balls or just being at home relaxing might be the way to go. But we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And, and I suppose the last bit to say about the Masters is that it looks like it's going to be the smallest field since 2002. It looks like it's going to be only 89 players with the various people that have pulled out. Yeah, it's gonna it's, that's really tight. Uh just saw today actually, well, you know, just a little preview to next week because you know Steve Bamford's gonna bring all the specials and the betting specials on the market. Paddy Power have already gone seven places. So they're really trying to get a leap ahead of all their competitors. So that's great. So that that might force more stuff out of the the competition. It could be uh um a masters for all time in terms of betting and it's certainly you know it, it looks like it's gonna be a superb masters with all the a lot of the big players in great form. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a second because it's going to lead very much into our discussion of last week. The West of Ireland Amateur Open was taking place at Ross's Point Golf Club and uh, it by all means was a very tough 
two days. In fact, so tough with the wind that day two of the qualifying was cancelled. Uh, the top 64 made it into the match play. And uh, on day one, nobody broke par. And in fact, I saw some of the results coming in and ooh, it was not uh, it was not pretty. Um, and I suppose then, just uh, Barry, you were looking at the first major of the year in Ireland, amateur major of the year in Ireland. This is it. The West of Ireland Amateur Championship. That's that's a that's a subheading to it. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. Well, you were looking at it too. So moving swiftly on yeah. then. But to, no, uh, this is a famous famous tournament because there are a lot of big names in Irish amateur golf and have moved on. You know, have won it, and also guys have gone on to become very successful professionals for us. You know, Patrick Harrington's won it. Roy McIlroy won it. Has won it twice. Shane Lowry's won it. So. It's a very prestigious title and a serious battle. And certainly whoever wins this week, the final is going on now between Jonathan Yates and Daniel Holland. You know, will have been well earned on a really, really tough course. It is, and it's a slog over the course of the week. So looking at the review of last week's tournament, and uh, we started with the LPGA, which had the Kia Classic in Carlsbad in California. It was played over the... 6,593 yard par 72 and Lydia Ko the world number one held off a charge from world number two in B Park during the final round to win her first LPGA event of 2016 she won it by four shots and it was uh, Lydia Ko's 11th career win um, in a very very short career so far um, and I've no doubt it's going to be an awful lot more over the next number of months and years. Great to see both world number one and two really competing head to head, which is great for the women's game. Um, so we wish them the very best and congratulate Lydia Ko on her first win. Just to say it was a 68, 66, 60, sorry, 68, 67, 67, 67 for a minus 19 and it was a three shot, uh, four shot win by MB, uh, ahead of MB Park. Looking at the European Tour, obviously had nothing on last week because of the WGC, but there was a second event taking place on the PGA Tour, which was the Puerto Rico Open, which was played at the Cocoa Beach Golf and Country Club in Rio Grande, Puerto Rico. It was played over the 7,506-yard par 72. And last week, Barry, you said that the wind was going to be a factor and that normally it's a birdie fest. Was it a birdie fest and who won? Not quite, no. So the winning score was capped at 12 under, which was Tony Finnau's finishing mark. It was also Steve Marino's finishing mark. So the two guys went into a playoff and uh, they, they both stepped up to the mark. The first two holes of the playoff, which was the 18th, they both birdied. And Tony Finnau stood up and birdied the 18th for a third time in the bounce and Steve Marino couldn't match it. So Tony Finnau takes his first tour title and has long been tipped since he hit the tour to actually go ahead and convert and win a PGA Tour title. And he bombs the ball a mile and extremely talented. He's not just a, a, a ball smasher. So he's took down the win. Ian Poulter was really close. A good, you know, a good move by him, you know, obviously, to go and play. He made a, he, I think he was on standby. He was next in line for the down match play. But off he went down to Puerto Rico and put in a really good performance. It's one of his uh, better ones in, in a while now. and Just couldn't find a birdie in the back nine to sneak into that playoff. And if my memory serves me right, um, you know, the likes of Graham McDowell, Porrick Harrington, guys like that have gone to these events, played well, won them. And it, it's a kick on for the next uh, the, the next tour event. Mm-hmm. That they, so it's, 
it's important to get back onto the winning uh, in the winner's enclosure. So, you know, for somebody like Poulter, it gives him a bit of confidence moving through for the next number of weeks. And I suppose really all the focus was on the WGC, the Dell match play, which was played at the Austin um, Country Club in Austin, uh, Texas. It was played over the 7,073-yard par 71, all of which, to a certain extent, is completely immaterial when it comes to match play because all you had to do was beat the guy opposite you. And for the second week in a row, Jason Day has cruised to victory, ultimately by beating Louis Oosthuizen 5-4 and four in the final. But I suppose... The bigger story is that uh, Jason Day is now world number one. And I think probably over the course of the the weekend and and the week that was, he probably was the most deserved Mm. player. He played most consistently. His short game was was there. It just seemed to me like, you know, and it's unfortunate that in the final it was was a bit of a bit of a killing at five and four. But... It probably just showed where Jason Day's game is at at the moment and that uh, he really is. We talked about Adam Scott a couple of weeks ago being the man in form and now we're talking about Jason Day, twice winner in the last two weeks. It's just amazing, isn't it? Like people have almost, we've almost forgotten, well, forgotten about Adam Scott and what he did like in back-to-back weeks and Jason Day's performance has just been so sensational the last two weeks. He, uh, he was just phenomenal. I think he dropped... Like you said, he dropped shots on so few holes throughout the week. He just gave his opponents very little opportunities to to beat him, you know. He didn't give away any holes, which is a very important thing in match play, as as we all know. Uh, you don't want to give away an easy win to your opponent. But some of the stuff he hit out there, like the, the prodigious drives, just epic distances, and then his touch around the greens. For somebody who can hit the ball that far, you, you don't often see that combination of finesse and power, and he's got it in abundance at the moment. It's, the guy is just going to Augusta, walking about ten feet tall. Well, he's, he's he certainly looks like he's going to be very much going as the world number one, unless anything changes over the next, you know, this weekend, which I don't think it can. I think he is going no. to the world uh, to the first major as world number one. Brings its own pressures, but at the same time, I think that you know someone like Jason Day is going to really step up. Mm. to that pressure and let's have a look at just I suppose a few other stories and you know we looked at Rory McIlroy a couple of weeks ago he's changed the grip of the putter and what I took from the the days okay he fell short he he lost the the third fourth place playoff which to a certain extent slightly immaterial I think they only play because they need more than one two golfers on the course but in fairness to Rafa Cabrera Bela you know it's it's great that he has finished third but looking at Rory, the one thing that I took from him was his short game was superb. I thought his chipping particularly, you know, getting up and down was mm-hmm. very, very good. And if there was ever a moment on the uh, game that he had against, I think it was a Chris Kirk. I think it was Chris Kirk. It was in the quarter. No, sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. Round of 16, the Zach Johnson. Mm. He had to hold the putt on 18 to win one up. And it was a real tricky putt and you know we talked about Adam Scott a few weeks ago with a very tough kind of up and down and a putt to really put his new putting style and 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 his confidence to the test and Rory in the round of 16 against Zach Johnson really had to do it as well and it must be a real confidence booster for him going into what will be incredible greens and you know difficult 
greens at the Masters, knowing that that putter can uh, perhaps hold up under a bit of pressure. Yeah, just one of those key steps, isn't it? And kind of the progression, like he's definitely just jumped to the next level and he knows now I can... Now he's got that base level kind of locked in with it. Um, if ever there's a golfer who's kind of bubbling under at the moment, it's Rory. You know, he's just the, the game has progressed a little bit better each week. The last few weeks, he seems to be building a beautiful head of steam, getting to Augusta. Maybe he is timing his peak to perfection. I, I think. I think that's the likes for Rory. That's what they're always aiming for mm. when they sit down and they build their schedule. That's what they want. You know, we had Adam Scott. I'd say Jason Day, if he was honest, is probably thinking, "Oh, well, why this week and why last week?" But they they don't want to spend the emotional energy. Mm. But also, they want to go in feeling confident, but also knowing that there's a little bit more that they can give. And mm-hmm. um, I also think that the hunger probably. I think we all kind of know this when we have a handicap cut or you win a, a, a voucher. There is an element of kind of the hunger slightly wanes a little bit, you know, and you just wonder for these guys, does it kind of go, oh, okay, well, that's two victories. You know, I can have a free weekend of the Masters if I don't play great. doesn't matter. I've already won twice this year. Yeah, I see. I get your point. Yeah, you do kind of, you relax a little bit. And yeah, maybe you're not quite as after it. I just think been. game ready, yeah. you know. I just because I think these guys are always looking for it and going after it, but it's just that slightly. But it is on small margins now, isn't it? For these guys, it's minor percentages that make the difference for them, and maybe that that could be a little thing. Well, if we look at just you know the the players that were there, like we've talked about Louis Dazen over the last number of weeks, a player in form, mm-hmm. one earlier this year, Jason Day, twice winner now, Adam Scott, twice winner. Rory is somebody who's bubbling under, mm-hmm. has been there thereabouts. Dustin Johnson this week played very nicely. Another big name going to the Masters. You know, there was a lot of good names. Jordan probably is the one that probably least performed last week as yeah. of the big guys. Um, but still, you know, there's still plenty of Jordan speed magical flashes out there so uh, I think he'll have to focus on for Augusta and won't be as sloppy and messy as he has been the last few weeks and Ricky Fowler didn't have the best weeks but uh, himself and Jordan ended up on a boat somewhere firing out photos I think they borrowed was it Ben Crenshaw's boat or sorry there was some senior senior professional's boat and they were tweeting pictures of themselves even when those guys lose they don't have the worst of times you know they don't have to scull, um, scully on, scull did you, gone home. Did, did you see Daniel Berger's uh, decision to make Phil uh, put the uh, 10-inch putt? Uh, right decision, wrong decision. You're shaking your head, Barry. I think uh, I think no, I can... No, you've got to have more respect for Phil than that. That's... Like, seriously? Yeah, I, seriously? I, I felt so... I, I, I just felt sorry for the guy. Yeah, I was just like, why? Why Why would you do that? Like, yeah. I, I, I would probably barely make an amateur putt, a 10-inch ten, a ten putt. Maybe if it's for the win of a match, then yeah, you make them put it. But no way. Yeah, and it's certainly not Phil Mickelson. And you know what? There's a little bit of karma come, has come around in Berger injuring... Well, I don't know whether uh, this is kind of a sick thing to say, but in, him injuring his wrist from attempting that shot with a rock behind him... Uh, on his downswing he hit the rock with the club head and he injured his wrist and he had to withdraw you know some might argue there's a little bit of golf karma in there um, well yeah and, and I suppose it's it's a good sign for uh, anybody who does yoga or anything Jason Day who looked injured earlier on in the week was outstretching it did the work that he needed to do and uh, goes on to win over the course of the uh, the weekend so uh, that's uh, that shows why our 
you know, being fitness and being mm. fit, fit prepared. The funny thing about box, and we mentioned Deuce House there just a few minutes ago, I read this today, hit the Golf Channel website, another fluff piece of news. But, however, he has his own mattress transported around and brought into, like, the hotel. That's outrageous. Every week. So if he doesn't like the mattress in his hotel room, he gets his mattress pulled in, put into the room. That is now, ridiculous. Now, hang on. you gotta you got to say that... He's had one of the best runs of health that he's ever had. So he could be on to something. It is, mm, it's preposterous. Oh, only course. a millionaire can do that. Of course. I'm surprised. Does he, does he, uh, does he pay for the first class airline ticket for it as well? He hasn't no, no, the it, seat beside him. It goes, it goes in the tour truck. So he's with Ping. So I guess it goes in the Ping tour truck. Right? Fair yes. enough. Well, look, I suppose it, it's working for him. And just very quickly, Barry, just in terms of, I suppose looking at the uh, looking at the match play, did it work for you? Uh, did the course work for you? Course gets a big two thumbs up. I thought it was brilliant. Another Pete Dye gem doesn't have to be too long to be challenging. And you saw that out there. There were there were stretches where guys just couldn't make birdies, and par was a good score. And it had you know the par threes weren't a ridiculous length, which was nice to see. There were short par threes that were challenging them. I, I love you know we like to see that. It's not just about having a two hundred twenty yard. 230 yard par three there was a couple of drivable par fours the par fives were excited i thought it was a great success the format probably there's a little bit of eh. they still need to tweak it a bit it just maybe there's yeah. too, still too many dead rubber matches in that yeah. in that middle section I, uh, I just wonder whether or not there's there's room for a, i know the way they change it to the groups they don't want people knocked out in the first round but i just there's something about it that just doesn't work for me. No, but um, I don't know. I don't think the groups is the way to go. Maybe the way to go is that you have it as a double elimination match play. So you need to lose twice to be out of it. So if you lose in the first round or the second round, you end up going into the losers bracket. You end up playing more matches to make it to the final. But you can make it to the final the same. If you stay in the winners bracket, you play less matches to get to the final. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that they need to maybe go back slightly to the drawing board. But if people have any suggestions or ideas, at podcast GTS and we'll forward them on to. I the mean, PGA we're nitpicking here because at the end of the day, watching match play is such a rare thing for us to see in the golf season. I really, really enjoyed it, and I'd lo- I would love to see another match play or event or two in the calendar. Just to say, they have not been. Uh, one of the news stories talking about match play, the Rory versus Ricky Fowler match play, unfortunately, hasn't mm. been able to get over the line. They can't reach an agreement at the moment. So at the moment, it looks like it's dead in the water. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Look, that was the week that was. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to have a look in due course of next week's tournaments but before we do barry you've had a sit down with a guy who was on the show a about a year ago or slightly week, longer week 49 yeah. week 49 in, in golf podcast time yes yeah. so week 49 you sat down and talked to the ceo and inventor john mcguire of game golf mm-hmm. and uh with everything that has changed over the last kind of year and a half with the company and new products you sat down with them again yep so we're going we're gonna to play that for you now, and we'll talk to you again in a minute. So we're delighted to have on a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast for the second time, John McGuire. John is uh, inventor and CEO of Game Golf. John, welcome to the show again. Barry, thanks for having me on again. And I believe a congratulations are in order. It's your, uh, you're over the 100th 
episode. So that's a big milestone. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, it was a very exciting, good, fun show, and uh, we're looking forward to the next hundred, which we've got rolling already. So. Um, the last time you were on the show was week 49, so uh, yeah, it's a little bit of catching up to do, but um, before we get to that, uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what Game Golf is and how it started and uh, what, what was the, the idea that got it kicked off? Sure, sure. So, um, well, first of all, from a location point of view, the company was founded and started in Ireland, in, in Galway, actually in the uh, Innovation and Business Centre on the GMIT campus. Um, that's where everything kind of kicked off. Um, and really the, the passion for the company was really around bringing together technology and performance. Um, so my background is both in software engineering and big data, but also in performance psychology, having worked with, you know, on the mental side of performance, everything from professional ballerinas all the way to the Cambridge Harding team. You know, so um, it's, it's kind of a... You know, it's really all about how do you change behavior, how do you help people improve, and how do you use technology to to scale that and, you know, reach uh, a global audience. And that's really, you know, that was the thinking behind it at the time, and roll on to 2016, we're headquartered in San Francisco, we still have a team in Galway, a very important team in, in Galway, Ireland. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, the product has been used in over 126 countries worldwide now. That's fantastic. That's serious expansion. Global domination is not far away. Um, so what? What? Back in back in week forty nine, you had a, a lovely system. Tags went on the end of the golf clubs. You guys still have that. It's it's still phenomenal. But um, you've also got the free app, and now you've had a new system that's not out too long called Game Golf Live, which just looks the absolute business. Um, Tell us a little bit about how Game Golf Live developed and, and what the product does and uh, how somebody would benefit from it and from all of your offerings right. indeed. Right, okay. So, so yeah, we have a number of different uh, products now aimed at, you know, different types of golfers. So we have uh, a free iOS app that allows you to manually track every shot that you take and it gives you access to all your analytics. We have a free Android app, which um, again allows you to manually tag each shot at each location and gives you access to all the analytics. Um, so they're the two free mobile apps that we have. Um, and what we're finding is people that are using them, you know, they use them a number of times, they use them for range finding, etc., and tracking their shots, and then they eventually uh, acquire a device. And then in the devices, we've, we have two devices. The first device was GameGolf Classic, and this was the device that is worn on the hip with the little tags that screw into all your golf clubs, and, um, you know, it captures every shot that you take while you're golfing, and then after you're on the golf, you have to either go into the clubhouse or go home, plug it in via USB to your computer and upload your on the golf. Um, so that was kind of our first phase, and we, did, we designed it like that for a reason, because it allowed us to be USGA and RNA compliant. It, and because of that, then it allowed the PGA of America and Golf Channel and other companies like that to get involved in our company because it was working within the rules of golf and they liked the way we were going about designing this thing. So roll on to consumers now using the product and, you know, a lot of the feedback we were getting on a daily basis was, hey, this is fantastic, but we'd really love if 
while we're playing, we could get tag all our shots with the device and at the same time, you know, pull out my phone or look on my wrist and I can get my distances. I can, I, I can, I know how many shots that I've taken. So in other words, real time feedback while you're playing. So we went about designing and developing uh, our next generation device, which we're calling Gamecock Live. And that allows you to go on a golf course. And as you start playing, you can see every shot that you're taking. You can see your distances as you're playing around the golf. You can see your analytics. And, uh, and it also gives you range-finding capabilities. So now you know, you know the distance that you're hitting your clubs, and now you know the distance to the targets that you're aiming for. Um, so that's, that's really what Game God Lies is, and I think it delivers a superior, a much, much superior experience. Um, you can still, you can actually use Game God Live without surfacing the data to the phone. So let's say you don't, you just don't want to use your phone any, on, a, on a golf course. Game God Live allows you to do that as well. It, it works in standalone mode also. Um, so now we're covering everything from free apps to, you know, the first generation device, which was app post your round, and now live is while you're playing. The thing I love is that the, the three offerings are very distinct, but they're all, they're all very connected as well. Uh, and there's good progression between them from the free app right through to the Game Golf Live system. And I, I, love, I love that you can see your, st- your shots and everything in real time. And you, can, you said you can use these in competition. Yes, that's absolutely correct. We're the only technology in golf that is approved by both the USGA and the RNA to be used all the way up to the professional tournament. So this, this isn't like a local rules thing. It's actually blanket approved for use um, uh, in, in tournaments. And, you know, we have Sophie Walker. We have, you know, she's on the Ladies European Tour. Actually, we have a number of Ladies Euro- European Tour players using our product. Some of the men's European Tour players are using it. We've some Sunshine Tour players using it in the U.S. We've got obviously we've got Graham McDowell, we've got Lee Westwood, we've got Jim Furyk. You know those guys are using it sometimes in tournaments and and mostly in their practice rounds. Um, and then we've got Golf Channel Am Tour, Hurricane Junior Tour. So we've got a lot of avid golfers, you know, mid to handicap golfers that really want to dial in their game, really want to understand the distances that they're hitting their clubs and really understand what's happening while they're golfing so that they can, you know, continue to uh, achieve the target that they're trying to achieve. So we, we have a host of products that allow, that allow that to happen. That's fantastic. I mean, it's something that's good for the pros and they're gaining benefit out of it, then it's definitely something that the amateurs can gain benefit from. Um, do the, your pros, uh, the ones that are using on tour, have they seen benefits in their game and uh, areas for improvement uh, from using the system? So we've got tour players using our, our technology on tour, and they wouldn't be using it if the system didn't give benefits to them in terms of improvement. So, you know, we've taken that a step further now. We're applying tour-level analytics. Uh, we're making them available to amateur golfers. So on the PGA Tour, there's a system called Strokes Gained Analysis. It's a, stat- it's a statistician out of MIT called Professor Brody that came up with this. All the tour players, you know, uh, Ricky Fowler, uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan Speed, all these guys are using that system right now. And we've actually applied that to our system. So you go out, you use, you use our system for two or three rounds, we collect all your shots, we know the distances you're hitting all your clubs, we know where you tend to hit the ball, we know your shot dispersion pattern, all that sort of stuff, right? And then in English, we come back and we tell you, so in your approach game, when you use your six iron from the rough, 
uh, from 145 yards, if you dial in that sort of a distance, you'll reduce your, your strokes or your score by 1.82 strokes per round. So we are beginning to get very granular in how we suggest to users or to golfers what they need to do to improve. And we make it easy. We, we, the feedback comes in English. And it's, it's as simple as that, hey, you need to practice your six iron more from these type of distances, or your seven iron, or your eight iron, or whatever the, the club is, so that you can reduce your strokes by anything from one to nine you know, strokes per round. Um, so that's us applying something that tour players to the normal golfer that's out there, and making it very easy for him to understand or that, that's fantastic. So there's no, you're not getting scared or boggled down by numbers or, you know, no. completely no. swamped by just digits everywhere. It just gives you a real goal to go achieve or go something improve upon this and you will see better scores in your game. Uh, how, how, how can anybody not like that? You know, you know I just keep, we are, um, we're very much design led and by that I mean we're always asking ourselves the question, you know, what would my brother-in-law in that plays on Athen Rye Golf Course or Tune Golf Course, you know, what would he like to see? Or, or my brother or, you know, just normal golfers. What would they like to see? They have to understand this. And, you know, we, we really work hard to make the data intuitive and just easy so that you go, you use our system, it collects your data, and then afterwards, or and now during your own because of game of life, you can see what's happening, and then you really can start to understand what is it that I need to do in these particular areas, off the tee, approach, short game, putting area. What, are, what exactly do I need to do to dial in my game so that I actually can start reducing my score and as a side benefit, start enjoying the game more? Because once we start hitting nice shots and once we start coming down on the scoreboard, you know, then then the game gets more enjoyable. It does indeed. Looping back to your brother, um, this is one of the aspects of game golf I, I love and it increases the fun aspect of it as well as gaining benefit for your game out of it. It's the ability to challenge people. How often do you and your brother challenge each other and is it over full rounds? I, I know you can do challenges for single shots, you know, longest drive, full rounds. Do, do you guys... Uh, interact with each other much on that and um, tell, tell us a little bit about the, the interactivity of the game and challenging between friends and, and, and larger groups of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I actually love this part of the system too because I'm, I'm now in San Francisco but I am really a homebird. I mean, I love Ireland. Um, you know, I have a farm in Ireland that my dad is looking after while I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing out here. So, the system is a fantastic way for me. So even as we're talking, actually, somebody just uploaded around from, from the Galway area. So I can see through the notifications that uh, for the people that I'm following through the system, every time they upload around the golf, my phone pings me to say, Ronan Stephen has just uploaded around, or Bernard Malai just uploaded around. And these are guys that I went to school with in Galway. So I'm meant to click on the link, I'm meant to go and I'm meant to see their round of golf that they played on Tune or Ballon Robe or Acton Rye or any of these golf courses. And I can go in and I can see that Ronan had like 70% fairway accuracy, you know, when he played at the weekend or whatever it is. And I go in and I comment and then he comments back. So this is a, 
the system is such a great way for me to keep in contact with my friends through something that we all love to do, which is golf. Um, and then we've taken that a step further. We've created a challenges platform that I can create a challenge right now with your listeners, for example. We could call it, uh, the, the challenge could be a net score. And we'll create a handicap system that works globally, not just because the U.S., handicap system is different from the European handicap systems, so we had to create one that actually is global, which we've done, and that allows for these global competitions to take place. So I could create a challenge with your users, with your listeners, um, and the, you know it could be based on net score, and the tiebreak could be based on lowest number of puts, best GIR, you know, we could decide what the stats are uh, that, we would, that would be the tiebreaker. Um, and that's just a fantastic way because then I see myself in the leaderboard against my buddies, against my brother, and, and against people all over the globe, you know. And, uh, you know, you can go in there and you can, you can smack talk, which is what we call it, and you can, you know, say what you want to say to whoever you want to say it. And, and it, it just adds in the interactivity and, and the fun of the system. And it's just a great engagement tool to, for fun. So, the, and that kind of leads to the two aspects to our system here. One is, the improvement side for the hardcore mid to low handicap golfer that wants to improve, we go deep on stats. We go deep on on you know uh, on every aspect of our system that's designed for improvement. We go deep there so that golfers that are really trying to dial it in can get access to the data that in an intuitive way that actually they actually can go and do something about, it. or they can go to their coach and they can say to their coach, you know what? You know, if I benchmark myself against a 15 handicap golfer, which is where I'd like to become, or a 10 handicap golfer, which is what I'd like to become, you know, here's the areas that actually I'm falling down. Sand saves, scrambling, you know, I'm really bad in all these areas. So can we put a coaching plan together that actually addresses these areas and not just stand on a driving range and look at my swing? Because that's how it's done today, and that's the biggest reason that, that's a big piece of the, the picture of why the handicap, the average handicap golfers tend to not go down because you, they're looking at one isolated event, which is your swing, versus actually what happens when you've only one ball and one shot while you're playing an actual round of golf. We capture all the data when you're playing around the golf, and that, that can be invaluable. And that's, so that's one side. The other side of our system is being able to compare yourself to the pros, being able to challenge people all over the world, or, or just being able to challenge your buddies that you haven't seen in a while, or challenge your buddies that you're playing with at the weekend. Um, so, while, like for example, this weekend I was out there with a with a retailer, um, Fry's Electronics. We were out golfing with Fry's Electronics, and, um, and while I was playing there with three Fry's Electronics executive executives, I was actually competing against some of my buddies um, that are in Ireland. And I actually I made it a community challenge, so all over the world. So it was pretty cool to be playing in a in a four ball in San Francisco at Lake Merced Golf Country Club and all the time knowing that I was in another competition, a global competition that, that as I was playing, um, I was in. You know, so that's the, the fun side of it. And I think both those, both fun and improvement have to exist together for this system to be truly global and viral and, and really attract all types of golfers. And we're working hard on, on those two areas. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think uh, we're, we're going to look towards doing a podcast challenge with some prizes on offer. So uh, we're going to ha- have some details about that later on in the show. And uh, Yeah, David, David uh, you're head of marketing. Uh, we, we've worked on it. We're working to work on something now. And uh, 
release the information to the listeners a little later on in the show. Um, you guys had a big year at the PGA show this year. Yeah, yeah. So we actually had a number of announcements at the show. So, um, so first of all, we announced Game Got Life. This is our second generation product. It surfaces all the data while you're playing. Delivers a much better consumer experience, and people love it. Um, that are using it right now. It's really selling really, really well, and the feedback is very strong. So that's number one. Number two, then, we also announced our watches. So we're surfacing data to um, from the Games of Life system. We're surfacing data to the Apple Watch, to the Android Wear watches. That's coming, the Apple Watch is released, and the Pebble watches. And the Pebble, um, you know, Pebble is another smartwatch brand out here in San Francisco. They've done extremely well. Um, their product has been used all over the world, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a lower price point product versus, we'd say, the, the Apple Watch. So, again, we're allowing all types of golfers to be able to use the system. But it's really great because you just pull up your wrist, you look at the distances to the hole, you know you've tagged your three shots, and you take your shot. So it just, it just puts it all on your wrist, and it makes it so much easier. So we, lo- we announced that at the, the show as well. We also announced um, a partnership with Golf Channel Academies. So... Golf Channel and the France family that own NASCAR have come together in the U.S. to create a uh, an entity called Golf Channel Academy, and that's really to take a fragmented coaching um, industry in the U.S. and bring it all under one umbrella. Now, so you've got the PGA of America, who are also one of the, who are the guys running uh, grassroots coaching, um, also involved in this. Um, so they selected us over any competitors that might be out there, they've selected us as their encore shot tracking system. So that was a big announcement because that's a big initiative in the coaching world here in the US. And then second, and probably our biggest announcement at the show, uh, besides Games Off Live, was you know a deal, uh, a partnership that I've been working on for the last three years with Jamie Ledford, who's the president of the Golf Pride. Golf Pride is the number one grip manufacturer in the world. They have 90% of the tour players use Golf Pride grips. Um, and I believe they have 60% market share in all markets. Um, so pretty much any golf set of golf clubs you buy, you're going to see golf pride grips on them. So we've, uh, you know, we've put a partnership together where we're going to start putting our tag, embedding our tags into their grips. And we're going to be releasing that at, at some stage this year. Um, so it's really a phase one of uh, bringing smart grips to the market. Um, uh, so very excited by that obviously because you know that gives us massive uh, distribution and penetration not just in the US but in all markets you know as I said they have 60% market share in all markets and they do you know they do a lot of grips every year globally so you know it's a rollout partnership you know we, we roll out test roll out test but it's a big one it's a, it's a huge partnership for this company and it, it really has at the golf show it really, it really had the industry talking about this whole shot tracking space because people understand swing trackers, um, and we've created a brand new category called shot tracking. And people still don't understand. Really, you know, really, if you were to have a hundred people in a room, maybe twenty people or ten people might be aware of what shot tracking is and why it's important. But more and more now are beginning to, you know, with with partnerships such as the PGA of America, with the Golf Channel Academies, with Golf Pride. You know, this, this category is becoming big now, um, and it's, you know, and really for anyone that's listening, it's all about tracking every shot that you take. It's all about understanding what is the actual read distances that I'm hitting my clubs, and it's also then combining that with, 
you know, range finding capability. So now you're standing a bit fairway, you're looking at the green, you, 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 you get your distances, okay, it's 170 or it's 150, whatever the case may be. Most golfers, without data, most golfers pick the wrong club to get the ball to the distance that they, they needed to go to. Most golfers come up short uh, off the green, um, off most of their targets. So having this shot tracking capability where you really start to dial in, I hit my six iron this distance, I hit my five iron this distance consistently. Once you know your real distances, then you complete the equation. Because right now you've golfers out there using laser finders, using range finders to get distances to pins and things like that. And 94% of those golfers select the wrong club to get the ball there. And that's what we do. We give you the, the, you know, if there was one value proposition of game golf or if, what really is game golf, we dial in your distances. We really take all your data. We know, we know the distances you're hitting all your clubs and then we allow you to, you know, various uh, very intuitive displays. We, we show you and now you really can go and select the right club. It's it's just it's such a it's such a wonderful system and and to get like like we were saying earlier like I was saying earlier in the show to get that uh, level of data that the pros have from the strokes gain system developed by Mark Brody and and see your tendencies and see your distances it can only lead to improvement in your game and um, that's um, congratulations on all those great partnership announcements at the PGA show and um, you also had a very interesting St Patrick's Day and you, a, a gift was given to the president of the United States of America oh, yeah. and it wasn't a bowl of shamrocks well it was a bowl of shamrocks no. but there was something else that went with it yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he received the Game Golf Live device. So I don't know, if, you know, for the, your listeners that are listening to this, that you know, um, when was it? Like last year or the end of twenty fourteen? At some stage, anyways, after we launched the product, um, I was on driving up the one hundred one back or the two eighty back from Cupertino to San Francisco, and I got a Game Golf. I got a Google alert saying Obama, President Obama, wears Game Golf. So. I clicked into this thing and I seen all these images of President Obama wearing the device and the tags in his clothes. And I was like, wow, he's at, you know, the president is wearing our technology. And, and that, that was surfaced on CNBC, Sky Sports. I mean, it just got incredible media coverage um, because it's the president of the United States. And, you know, in Europe, it, very much the, the, the message or the, 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 the commentary was, how did this, innovative how did this startup get the president of the united states to wear the technology well we actually didn't it just happened organically with no idea how we got our first product but because he's a user of the product um we decided that i wonder could we get him to give a flight device so you mentioned david a while ago he's another Galway guy that does our marketing out here for us and he's just one of these guys that you know he doesn't know no he doesn't understand what no means he he he, like myself, and, and you know, for all the people that are listening that have their own companies, they, they get this. You know, you've got to do things that most people don't think are possible if you are doing a startup or if you have your own business. You've just got to break the mold and you've just got to believe you could do things that really you shouldn't be able to do. Because if you believe it, then you have a chance of actually doing it. Whereas if you don't believe it, you have zero chance. So David is one of those guys that, you know, he was like, okay, let's, let's, get, let's get the t-shirt to present the, the advice to him. And, you know, we eventually got to, to in Dikini and uh, he presented the, the Game Golf Live device to him. So I believe it started a discussion around golfing in Ireland. So, you know, it's great because we know that he's a user of the system. Um, I don't know if you know Seth Curry. He's like 
lighting up the, the NBA out here. The guy is just, you put a basketball in his hands, he, he shoots from anywhere and he scores. He's the top NBA, the MVP player right now, or last year or whatever, but he's the top guy. He's using our product, a new product. Andre Gudala, who, who's on that Warriors team as well, is using our products. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Matt Letizia, Kenny Dalglish, Ronnie Whelan. I mean, it, we've got some very interesting characters all over the world using our product. It's really, it's very cool to see. And you're not paying them a penny, which is wonderful. And it just shows no, no, no. shows what a great product it is. They're, they're all going out and spending their hard-earned money in the shop to, to get your fantastic product. Brilliant stuff. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about what you're saying. The the, the smart grips, the golf pride grips, I and mean, just looping back to that. I mean, the the potential for what they can do going into the future is is just phenomenal. You could have the thing tracking your swing speed. You could have caddy advice coming out of the, the you know with the speakerphone. You know, you are one forty five to the pin. You know, when you ha- when you have the club in your hand. So, and um, very exciting prospects. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a few things yeah. in the pipeline as well. Oh, yeah, we, we have, um, you know, we have two years of a product roadmap in place here that we're executing towards. Um, you know, you're, you're constantly tweaking, changing things. You know, live, I would say, is, um, you know, it really is an improved experience. Uh, you know, on course, it's a much, much better experience. And not having to plug your, you know, not having to go home and do the USB, you know, being able to do that via your iOS or your Android phone after you play that it all gets uploaded there and then and you can see your data there and then and you know it's creating conversations after the round of golf in the clubhouse mm. and it's, it's it's truly delivering on what the promise of, of this company is and then if you take it a step further now with the smart grips you know stage one is we start putting those those little tags into the grips so that there's no longer any sort of an extension on the club or anything like that not that there ever was anyways because the tags are so tiny but stage one is those tags go into the, the grips and stage two, you know, you know that'll be it, it'll continue to evolve. Like ultimately, we're we're working on creating something that is just completely seamless. That you know that that is you know if you have fourteen clubs in your bag, you, you can play golf. You know, you you, you want to make sure your driver is in there. We're working really hard so that so that a golfer believes that the game golf device is just as indispensable as he absolutely needing to have that driver. And, you know, that will take time. It will take education. It will take awareness. Um, we, but we think we're doing well. You know, in, in a year and three quarters, we've over a million rounds uploaded to our platform. That's full 18 whole rounds um, of people tracking all the shots. So we have an incredible amount of data. We have, like, 16 million golf shots stored. As I said at the start, it's been used in over 124 countries now worldwide on over 80,000 golf courses. And... So, so what we kind of say here internally is that's a great start. That's all it is, though. It's a really good start. And, you know, to get this business to where we want it to be, the aspirations of this business is going to require a lot more hard work and a lot more dedication. And, you know, and we've we created a category and we've, we've had success in the category and we've got competitors coming at us now. Um, and it's our job to keep ahead of our competitors and it's our job to keep delivering... Uh, as, as near as a seamless experience as we can for golfers. Um, and that's, that's our goal here, and that's all we work on. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we think we're achieving that goal, and we know that there's lots more that we can do. Uh, we, we love what you guys are doing, and, 
and, and particularly love how you're giving back to the game as well with the, the Golf Channel Academy partnership. You know, that's going to help you know young golfers improve their games, and that that's um, that's to be commended big time. We really really think that's great. So, uh, look, congratulations on all your success so far. Um, we wish you very well in the future, and hopefully catch up with you uh, a little bit down the road with the maybe next big announcement and we'll see where game golf has got to in the next few, in a few months' time or a year's time. Thank you very much, John. Listen, thank you so much for joining us on A Good Talk Spoiled, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. And have a great summer of golf. Thank you, thank you, and you too. Bye bye now. So that was uh, John McGuire, the CEO and inventor of Game Golf, and I have to say, Barry, I think that it's you know there's just something there for everybody. You know, if you want to have the app or if you want to go to the very high end of their product range, there's something in there mm. for absolutely everybody. And the one thing that really fascinates me about that technology and the importance of that technology is in the book that I was reading, Knowing Your Stats. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, knowing the actual stats that you have. Is it the driving? Was it the driving that was the reason you didn't play well that week? Or was it the putting? And something like Game Golf is really the only way, surefire way of having the accurate data. And same with how many, how you know, the distances that you're hitting your irons. I just think it's a fa- fascinating piece of equipment and I think it would certainly revolutionise not just the pros mm. but very much for the amateurs. Yeah, I thought one, one of the best things I took from the interview and the talk with John was and he really just nailed it in this one point. He said, when you bring that data to a pro to help you get a better game, you're not just bringing your swing on that day for the pro to see and maybe put you on track man and see numbers there. He said, you're bringing a whole data set of your game, real game, you know what your game is like in reality not just in that isolated event he goes so you now have that how your swing is for them on that day but you're also bringing your tendencies so they can match all that up and they've got more information to work with they can probably make much much better decisions and recommendations and coaching you and how to improve your game and i think that's such a big such a valuable thing to be able to bring and for you to be able to help your pro help you you know it's it's kind of working together you know it's, it's a sense of a cheesy but helping yourself it is and, and while these things and you know it's very good value it's not cheap mm-hmm. you know if at the, the higher end of the the, the pro- product uh, range that they have but what you're going to save in going to your pro with that information is going to be possibly three or four or five lessons which could be that 350 because, you know, euro and yeah. that's it it's 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 being able to give that information. They can decipher it. Sending it on, if you you know, if you have somebody you go to regularly, you can send it on to them. Mm-hmm. They can look at it. So when you turn up on the day, you know you're you're working on the area. So you're not wasting time hitting six irons, which you might be hitting really well. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at bunker shots, chip shots, pullers, stuff that maybe pros, when you go for lessons, don't always default to. Yeah, they default more to let's see how you're hitting your five irons, your six irons, your seven irons when actually you get much better value out of an hour with a pro in a bunker or 50 yards out with wedges mm-hmm. than you would if you're just hitting you know, your six or your seven iron. So it's, it's an invaluable uh, system and, and, and something that I think we would both 
totally encourage people to get. Or even just to test it out in the free app. So we do have a good announcement to make. Uh, Game Golf uh, have been really, really awesome. They've put up a huge prize here. So we will have details of this next week. I think it's good that we'll be launching it in Masters Week. But what we're going to be giving away to one of our lucky listeners or one of our better playing listeners uh, in a challenge, we have a Game Golf system, a Game Golf Live system, which is will be signed by GMAC and a shirt signed by GMAC. That's Graham McDowell. So Graham McDowell, as you heard in the, the interview, is, is one of the... Uh, he's an investor in the company, so he's very integral to the, how the company operates. So and he's a believer in the product itself, uh, using it in in tournaments, and uh, I'm sure hoping to put it in play full time for himself uh, down the line. So next week we'll have details on how to enter that. Uh, we're kind of formulating a challenge, probably be like a, you can play a round of golf over a couple of weeks. We'll have a podcast leaderboard, it'll be something along those lines. But we will have details of that next week in Masters Week. So it'll be a, a super super big show next week. And if the prizes just go missing. To either your house or my house, will anybody mind? We might just steal them. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like, I'd like the uh, signed autograph of uh, GMAC, but uh, it is a great it. prize. Uh, and um, and I think the thing about it is that um, you know it's 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 a bit of fun, and mm. that's that's the other bit uh, to it. Plus, everybody gets an opportunity to beat us. Obviously, we can't win the prize, but we're going to enter the challenge. So, and it gets so boring for me beating you most weeks. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Everybody else will have that enjoyment. So, look, thank you to John McGuire, Game Golf, uh, the CEO and inventor of Game Golf. Looking forward to all of the information about the new um, competition that will commence next week. Um, and that will be to have the shirt signed and the system signed by GMAC. So, look, uh, looking next week is on the LPGA, the ANA Inspiration at Mission Hills Golf Club. It's at the Ranchero Mirage in California. It's going to be played over the 6,538-yard par 72. This is the first ladies' major um, of the year. And Lydia Ko, not surprising, is the very, very tight favourite at 9-2, followed very closely by Indy Park, 9-1. See uh, Young Park is 11-1. Stacey Lewis, 11-1. Uh, Hannah Yang is 14-1. Lexi Thompson... Uh, 14 to 1, Brooke Henderson 22, Hojo Kim 22 to 1, Sungji Park 22 to 1, and Adam, Anna Norquist 28, and Suzanne Pedersen is 28 to 1, and kind of out from there. Michelle Wee has really kind of fallen away quite a lot just looking at the betting here. 125 to 1, you can get Michelle Wee for the week ahead. Uh, Brittany Linsico 60 to 1, Christy Kerr 66 to 1. Um, will you put a bet on this, Barry, or will you? I might. Yeah, I might put a little e on Paula Creamer. She's shown a bit of uh, form recently, got into a major. She's got the mental game there, so just for a little interest in the tournament. Uh, 80 to 1 is Paula Creamer. Kerry Webb, just I suppose, 80 to 1, and Brittany Lang is, is 100 to 1. It, it's so hard at times to, to look at uh, betting for women's golf. And look away from your your Lydia Coes and your Indy Parks and some of the South Koreans, but uh, you know again we've talked about it over the last few weeks. But a Brooke Henderson might pull through this week. They're only play paying five places in the the betting company that we usually use, so it'd be something to 
to shop around and see if there's a, a slightly better, uh, wider each way bets. The European Tour is taking a week off, and they took one off last week, and they're taking one off this week, and they're taking the week off next week because of the Masters. So it's going to be three weeks before they return, and they will be going to the Open uh, of Spain and Valderrama. And uh, I suppose then, really, the PGA Tour and the only other professional or golf tournament at all sponsored by Shell, other than the Shell Carn Pro-Am, that is played in June in Ireland, is taking place in the Champions Course, the Golf Club of Houston in Humble, Texas, played over the 7,441-yard par 72. And I will get on to the betting in a second, Barry, but you might just let the listeners know what kind of course this is at the Shell Houston Open. Well, as always, a quick little look at... uh golfbettingsystem.co.uk Steve and Paul do a great job of getting the course information together so they had this is course is kind of set up to help players tune their game up for the Masters so it's got wide fairways large greens the setup is usually firm and fast there's a chance of a bit of rain on Thursday which might just bring soften the course a little bit and um, there's water in play on eight of the holes which is a little bit more than Augusta but, uh, you know, there's some scoring to be had here, just depending on if it rains or not. Uh, if the course gets, stays firm and fast, uh, birdies won't be the easiest things in the world to come by. So no. you, might, you might see a score somewhere between 10 and 15 under winning. I suppose if it, if it does rain, you're, you're going to have to look at the kind of the bigger hitters off the tee to, to try and shorten the course. But let's look at the betting. There is seven places being paid out in some places. And uh, Jordan Spieth is the 13-2 to uh, favourite, followed very closely by Ricky Fowler and Henrik Stenson at 12-1. to Dustin Johnson at 14-1. to Fittil is 18-1. to Louis Eustace in 20-1. to Patrick Reed, 22-1. to Sergio Garcia, J.B. Holmes, Brooke Koepke uh, and Charles Schwartzel, 25-1. to And Jimmy Walker at 40-1. to And kind of moving out from there. Just for the kind of parochial members of the parish, uh, Shane Lowry is eighty to one. Uh, Pork Harrington, I saw, is one hundred and fifty to one. And I don't know if there's any other Irish in this field, but if they do, if there are, I'll come back to them. Barry, is there anybody there that um, I suppose that it's a double question here? One, if it doesn't rain and it's firm and fast, is there a person you're looking at? If it does rain. Is there somebody else that you'd be looking at? This is such a strange week, I'd say, for the the big guys who fancy their chances in Augusta because they want to be showing some signs of a game. They probably don't want to win, whereas the guys who aren't in Augusta are going to be going gung ho to try win the tournament and get their invite to the Masters. The last invite going, it so is. it's it's now or never for these lads who aren't in it. Uh, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. This is always a tough one to to call. Yeah, I'm going to go with a no bet for me this week in this. Yeah. I'm going to hold my money for Augusta. I think it's a it's it's a really tough one because somebody like a Keegan Bradley at 70-1 to 1 is the kind of player who needs to get up there again. You know, like, it, it is a tough one and uh, it may be one just to sit back and relax and enjoy rather than anything else. Just maybe watch a few Masters, previous Masters films. You know, you've got plenty of time to get those in before next week. Absolutely. Well, look, that just leaves me to thank um, again the CEO and inventor John McGuire of Game Golf. And again, we look forward to 
hearing the full details of how we can all win the Game Golf Live system and shirt that will be signed by GMAC, which Barry will have more details on next week. With a disclaimer that James and Barry can't win it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Barry, as always, for his uh, expertise and input. I want to thank you, the listeners, for all the downloads and the, the feedback. If you want to get in contact, the Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS. The email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. For everybody who's playing golf this week, enjoy it. If you're not, sit back and watch. There's a feast of golf on the TV and uh, we will all talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, man. Well, goodbye. Bye-bye.